Today on the show, the Eagle's Nest is a Catholic chapel. The mint on your pillow really does mean something. Finding our lost faith. Our picks of the week and so much more. The Catholic Underground starts now. It is time for the Catholic Underground. We are the podcast that tries to cut through the noise of the digital continent and bring you the topics that matter. Yeah, we do. It's episode number 388. I am miles per hour. I'm Father Chris Decker. <laughs> Joining me this week, we've got Kathleen Lee. She's yeah. the executive director yeah. of the Women's New Life Center here in Baton yep. Rouge, actually, in, in Baton, Baton Rouge, Rouge, Louisiana. Yep. Yeah, not to be confused with Baton Rouge, the fast food restaurant in Toronto, which is not all that great. Right. Yep. Also, Olivia Galino uh, is the Associate Director of Youth and Young Adult Ministry for the Diocese of Baton Rouge. Hello, Olivia. Hello. She did not bake, but we allow you here. We're not going to talk about it. We're not going to talk about it. One time. Y'all, okay. okay. Let's talk about Jeff now. All right. Well, let's go up to the uh, the, the, to the big satellite, uh, the Jeff Star 1 near-Earth orbit satellite. And Jeff Blackwell, who is the technical director of the CU, he's the commandant on that satellite. Hey, Jeff. Uh, evening, Father. Good to be here. And 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 listen, really, Kathleen is a terrific uh, host when you're away. Yeah. And Olivia is a terrific baker. So yeah. that's true. <laughs> Thank we, you. Yeah. That's right. You need a little affirmation. Oh, look at you with and the affirmation and then, today. Yeah. And then there's Ed Ball. There's Ed. I didn't want to forget Ed. So if you if you happen to be watching us on the Facebook stream, on the Roku stream, on the Catholic Faith Network, on Catholic TV, somewhere in the Matrix. We're glad you're here, and it's Ed, Ed Ball, who's in the ball pit, yep. doing all those things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. All right, well, we talked a couple of weeks ago about uh, a snow chapel. Do you remember yeah. that? Yeah, where, yeah. Where, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, some college kids got together, and they actually packed bricks of snow together to build a, kind of an enclosure that they then built an altar mm -hmm. out of snow, and then there was mass there, right. and a good time was had by all. Well, two Michigan high school students were planning for a community service project, and they decided that for that project, they wanted to help younger children learn to pray. Cool. Oh. And so they did the fundraising, they designed, and they managed the construction of a chapel and a Marian shrine for the local Catholic middle school. What? Wow. Which is a really cool idea. Um, yeah. yeah and, and the reason they did it, um, so the Adam Sprague and Jacob Tome, they're freshmen at uh, St. Philip's Catholic Central High School wow. in Battle Creek, Michigan. Battle Creek, by the way, of course, Jeff, is the, the birthplace of, uh, of Corn Flakes. Yes. K E yeah. double L O double G yeah. uh, double G rather yeah. Kellogg's. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I want that to be true so bad. And most cereals, exactly. Uh, so so they were uh, eligible for their Eagle Scout, right? And so uh, as yes. you remember, if you're going to get your Eagle Scout, then you have to do a service project, community service project, and it right. could be really anything, right? Um, so they oversaw the construction of a Blessed Sacrament Chapel. And then uh, Tome, the other. So Sprague did the Blessed Sacrament Chapel, and Tome worked to build the Marian Grotto. That's mm. awesome. Yeah, I, I think that's really neat to for Eagle Scouts, especially as you as you know, uh, scouting has a very long history within within Christianity yeah. uh, mm -hmm. since the 1800s with Lord Baden Powell, and then of course um, uh, specifically many dioceses have a very special relationship with Catholic scouting. Yeah. So it's really cool to see faith kind of come alive this way. Yeah. Father Christopher Ankley, who's the pastor of St. Joseph uh, Church, was involved in both projects there in Battle Creek. Mm -hmm. He told the Catholic News Agency that St. Joseph Catholic Middle School was in need of more prayer spaces, especially for students at the school. And he said that, uh, quote, just to have the Blessed Sacrament in the school is a good way to have that presence of Jesus with them. It's just one way to increase our Catholic identity and stress the importance of our faith. And that really is something. Um, I... I 
Now, now I went through school whenever we, <laughs> the, I think the only time that we had the Blessed Sacrament kind of present, if you will, was whenever we mm-hmm. went to school mass in mm-hmm. elementary and middle school. And so the notion of having a chapel somewhere on the school campus is really, I don't know if it, is it something kind of new? I guess some schools have them, but. Yeah, yeah I know that like our high school had one it was too yeah. small to use like for all the students though so mm-hmm. you do certain things in there yeah um like and yours had one because it was a religious order it was a religious was, order so part of, part a of a convent. the convent yeah. yeah but i'm trying to think of like a high school or even a middle school or elementary school that might have a chapel i think there's an um an elementary school in baton rouge that has an adoration chapel or like mm-hmm. it's used for adoration mm-hmm. every once in a while but they had to convert it it wasn't didn't it wasn't always a chapel. They yeah. made it into right. a chapel. Sam Michaels yeah. did that. Yeah, they oh, really? yeah, 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 one yeah, of the local did. high schools yeah, in Baton did, Rouge. Yeah. Yeah. They converted a conference room. It was. It was like the chapel. conference room in the front mm-hmm. of the building. And so it's really kind of neat, uh, this particular school uh, in our diocese, is that it's the first thing that you hit when yeah. you go on campus. So yeah. even before you get to the office, right. you can turn left and, and go into the mm-hmm. chapel, and the Blessed Sacrament is there. And uh, I was briefly a chaplain there, and it was really mm-hmm. cool to see students going into the chapel. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. uh, some just because that's where they wanted to spend their off hour right. or gosh, off hours. I don't think I had one in school either. Yeah. Um, and, and then the other notion of, uh, you know, whenever you're in trouble, when I need help, right. uh, the spiritual kind before mm-hmm. a test, right? Uh, to, to be able to go into a chapel. I think that's a really cool thing. Oh, yeah, um, absolutely. So both Sprague and Tome initiated their projects last year and they completed them in December. And it was part of the Eagle Scout initiative, as we say. They had to manage volunteers. They had to work with interior designers and landscape designers on all the project's layouts. And um, Sprague fundraised over $4,000 for the project by promoting it after the weekend masses. Uh, So they they purchased the altar and the pews, and a local construction company donated free labor. Uh, They donated the tiles and a parishioner consulted on the chapel's layout wow. who's an interior designer this is really this is really whenever you see a, a parish uh, and a community working very well together mm-hmm. right and that's kind of the idea i gave a homily a couple of weeks ago about how it's tempting for us to live our faith in like a little tupperware container <laughs> separately from all of the other tupperware containers that we call our collective life and yet this is a really good example of 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 integrating the faith that we profess with how we live it, you know, going out into the community, in this case, to a Catholic school and saying, how can I help young people, children encounter mm-hmm. Christ? Um, yeah. And that's a really, really neat thing. The chapel, also neat, uh, was uh, was named after San Jose del Rio. Mm. And he was uh, one of the recently, um, the recently canonized, of course, the canonization is immediate because he was a, a 14-year-old martyr. Mm-hmm. He was executed for his faith during the Cristero War um, in, in Mexico. And uh, that was a name that was voted on by the middle school students. Cool. Um, and they said that, that that saint best represented the community. Wow. Uh, Sprague said, we have a very diverse community. We wanted to go with the saint that they could connect with, and we wanted them to be, re- them to be represented in terms of the name. So... Uh, San Jose Luis Sanchez del Rio, mm-hmm. one of the mm-hmm. young 14-year-old Cristeros, uh, recently canonized by, uh, by Pope Francis. Um, Sprague also said, I'm just glad how everything came together, especially so that we can have kids start praying more and getting closer to God. I think it's really special that there's adoration in there every Friday to increase faith formation. 
And for for an Eagle Scout, right, a high schooler, to talk about the need to increase faith formation, these are all like phrases and concepts that I just don't know if I would have connected with as a high schooler. Right. That's what I'm most most, uh, impressed by is that these guys, this is like their first, you know, when I see Eagle Scouts, when their projects, mostly it's something... um, yeah, possibly secular. Yeah, right. like a you know maybe benches like in some a park benches. and right. things like yeah. that. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, but a whole chapel, and for them to say because it's important mm-hmm. that young people, especially in middle school, yeah, um, learn how to pray and learn how to be in in you know the Eucharistic presence. That's mm-hmm. awesome. One of the things that I've noticed is well, one of the things that we believe is that the Lord raises up saints for the generation in which they live, right? Yeah. And I think just the 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 young people that are. I mean, for want of a better phrase, crying out for specifically the Eucharistic presence mm-hmm. of the Lord yeah. is something that that I I don't think that I experienced as a young person. I didn't know what a monstrance was growing up, not mm-hmm. because they weren't there, but because it wasn't kind of a uh, an over. There was no overwhelming Eucharistic devotion in my mm-hmm. parish and and um, and certainly in, in school. And I don't really know where that where that comes from or if there's a deficiency necessarily, but now young people, they know what the Blessed Sacrament is. They know who it mm-hmm. is, and they know that they need him in an increasingly secular society. And I think that might be part of it, is uh, our, our society in the 80s, in the 80s, mm-hmm. hadn't yet kind of descended to where it is now, where you can't find the Lord really anywhere mm-hmm. in secular society, and you have to look really, really, really hard. Mm-hmm. So how neat it is to see young people connecting with all this and furthermore to see eagle scouts going yeah yeah, yeah why why shouldn't we have a chapel for for the young people you know yep. uh let's see so uh now there was also in addition to the chapel um and uh the holy hours there on fridays there there was the marion grotto and we don't have a photograph of that uh on our on our video feed but um you can imagine that i'm sure it's, it's beautiful um in september they they ra- started raising money for the marion grotto they raised nearly five thousand dollars they purchased the statue, the trellis, the landscaping materials, and the plants and the benches and things like that. Mm. And so it's it's not it's not uh, surprising that where you have the Eucharist, not mm-hmm. far away, you'll have the Blessed Mother right. represented yeah. too. And uh, and so St. Joseph Church, which is located across the parking lot from the school, wasn't a convenient location for prayer, especially during the winter time in Battle Creek, Michigan. Yeah. And so they, they have all these things that can take place at the entrance of the school and in the school. And so they've already used the grotto for the rosary and things like that, uh, which is really cool because building up devotional life. You know, uh, Jeff, we have, for the priests mainly and religious, we have the Liturgy of the Hours, right? Uh, so over the course of four weeks, yeah. uh, priests and religious monks and, and uh, lay people who know what it is uh, mm-hmm. pray all 150 psalms over the course of four mm-hmm. weeks. But for, for most everyone, the devotional life, uh, the rosary, um, prayers uh, asking the intercession of the saints, uh, novenas, mm-hmm. the Divine Mercy Chaplet, the devotional life, that's really kind of the, the regular breathing of the church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when those things kind of uh, wane and disappear, well, then we begin to kind of spiritually asphyxiate. But wow. uh, to see the devotional life kind of coming back and young people rediscovering the rosary and rediscovering mm-hmm. things like the Divine Mercy Chaplet, mm-hmm. it's almost as if our young are beginning to teach all of us how to breathe again. Mm-hmm. And and Beautiful. that is oh so important. Yeah. And so how cool it is. It, it mm-hmm. I mean, I'm only, I'll be 38 this year. I know it's totally old, but, um, <laughs> but one of the things that I see as a 38-year-old is hope, true mm-hmm. hope in the future, you know? Like mm-hmm. whenever I'm 58... 
I won't be looking back going, now there's no Jesus anywhere. And, uh, <laughs> you no, won't because, be talking like that. Uh, well, <laughs> maybe. I hope not. <laughs> if, I, if I don't go to the dentist. Uh, yeah. But, uh, but, but to look back and say these, these projects that the Eagle Scouts were doing whenever I was 38, maybe oh, you're still yeah. here, you know, and these are signs of faith and kids mm-hmm. now are in the chapel and some of them are priests now and they've built these mm-hmm. big, beautiful churches, you know, that, yeah. that there, there's a great deal of hope there. Um, Cynthia from, uh, from, uh, let's see, is that Michigan? Yeah. says, I love praying the liturgy of the hours and the rosary. Mm-hmm. So you see, these are the, the, the kind of the, the breath that moves us through into the breathlessness mm-hmm. of the liturgy mm-hmm. where we where we yeah. just simply inhale yeah. for, for the hour. So I'm yeah. talking with my hands here. Well, that, that's what you do. I yeah. do. No, I but do. I, as someone who did that, I appreciate that. No, I, I think that um, it's important. First of all, I love that it's Jesus, Mary, and Joseph because the church is St. Joseph. That's right. So how appropriate yeah. that you have a Marian yeah. grotto and a chapel devoted specifically for Eucharistic adoration. Um, but I also like appreciate the fact that, again, like these are these are kids, but it's, it's uh, you know, high school aged kids, teens, whatever the, the terminology is now. But um, but they're building it for elementary school children. So like, whereas we might not have grown up with, yeah. you know, that kind this of constant presence. This is just right. part of their life and, and part of their paradigm. So growing up, that mm. will be a constant hermeneutic for like the way that they see the world is through right. through the Eucharist. And that's the sustenance yeah. of the life of the church. But it's also the sustenance of our life as human beings. And I dare say it becomes part of their parents' life as well you know yeah. because as as the parents go so go our children so go our church right and once again the the little children I, I ran across that quote from scripture where our lord is talking about how it's important that we protect children mm-hmm. because uh, they they always look upon the face mm-hmm. of our heavenly father and that's i mean oftentimes we don't we don't always like gee i wonder if my if my child can see. yes mm-hmm. your child mm-hmm. does look upon the face of god yeah. right but before the age of 7 when they when they all of a sudden become aware of sinfulness smacked and, by reason uh, smacked yeah. by reason as it were <laughs> yeah they look upon the face of god and so again this is an opportunity thanks eagle scouts for for uh, little children to begin to teach their parents in the ways of the faith because they look upon the eyes of god and they're able to do so Eucharistically. Taylor uh, in the chat room says there's more of an impact of this chapel slash grotto being made by high schoolers and openly saying that it's important. It's eye-opening because there's so much doubt when it comes to high schoolers and teenagers being active in their faith and it gives a glimmer of hope that the church will live on. Yeah. It's a 22-year-old young lady saying that too. Indeed. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And uh, she also, she's a college student now. She says it's, it's life-changing to walk into the chapel at her local college, mm-hmm. right? That has a Catholic chapel, uh, chapel and to see chapel. so many people, chapel, and to see so many people her age in love with yeah. faith. See, these oh, yeah. are how those things fit together. Oh yeah. I remember in college, first of all, I went to college. I didn't know that people went to daily mass, much less like to, I, I to Eucharistic adoration. I didn't know that that existed either. I had yeah. no idea people mm. went to daily mass. So there were a lot of eye-opening things for me in college, but I do remember how like, astounding it was to whenever um they would have signups for adoration there were they didn't do perpetual adoration in the chapel but they would do um like you know 12 or 14 hour periods or something like that during the day and i remember thinking like oh well i have time to think about like if i want to do an hour uh, a week you know a holy hour i have time to figure that out i did not (laughs) because they ran out of spots so quick isn't that something and yeah and however many hundreds of slots during a week because they did them in like half hour periods 
um, I missed my chance, which didn't mean that I couldn't go, but I was like, I remember being bummed that I didn't have like a, a spot that was specifically yeah. like, this is my, like my responsibility. I wanted that sense of responsibility there too. And, and I think that's another thing that's astounding is that people want that people or people are making a commitment even to something like, you know, 30 minutes of, of adoration or, or an hour, yeah. a holy hour, um, being willing to put your name to something. Yeah. Is, I, is it pretty astounding? Adam Sprague again says, uh, it's important to, to start, it says it's important to start your prayer life early, um, to become closer to God, which will benefit you later in life. And Father Ankley says that, that, that that's true. He says, sometimes we talk about how the students are the future of the church. He said, but they're the church right now. Yeah. They yep. have their place in the church, and that's yep. important to remember. Yeah. And, uh, and so, so kudos to you, gentlemen. Um, may, may you wear your Eagle Scout badges and other assembled merit badges, of which I'm sure there are many, proudly. Not just as scouts, but as Catholics. Yes, indeed. Uh, and of course, we also want to remind you uh, right now, right now, mm-hmm. that we are the Catholic Underground. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We're Catholic Underground. Surprise! <laughs> yeah. This is one of those times I was looking at the chat room and wasn't, you know, paying attention to the fact that I was live on the radio and the internet. Uh, yeah. Somehow you found the Catholic Underground, and we're glad you, we glad you have. Uh, we're online at catholicunderground.tv. I am Father Chris Decker. We've got Kathleen Lee sitting in the center seat. Normally, normally that's where a captain would sit. I'm just letting you know. El Capitan, benefactress. That's right. Uh, Ka- Kathleen. Oh, no. Other Kathleen. Yeah. Olivia. Olivia. Thank you. The one with no title. It's yeah. great. I'm in the corner. It's fine. That's right. Actually, I think you're in the you're in the counselor's position if we're going by Enterprise mm. D ah, standards. You can be number, what is it? Number one? One would be... <laughs> Yeah. You could be number two. Uh, I am clearly number three in this Olivia scenario. is number two. Olivia is in the parking lot for this. Kathleen is trying desperately to uh, reach into her Star Trek The Next Generation yeah. just to placate me. Mm-hmm. Yep. Up on the satellite, we got Jeff. I give it all I can, <laughs> He does every day. Beam us up, Jeff. No, don't do that. we got oh, a show to do. I mean, that's uh, yeah, so sorry. Yeah, sorry. Later. And then, and then Ed, over, Ed is over in the video. I, I'm, for some reason, Ed I'm... Ed over to the ball pit. I, I think I'm sorry. I, I'm so sorry. I'm afraid I'm... what you did there. I, I thought that's what you were saying. Oh. Ed on over. <laughs> Come on, that was a good one, Olivia. No, no, yes. I'm just, just going to let this play Ed out Ed on over to the ball, bitch. Just eating into Kathleen's time here on her segment. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Talk to us, Kathleen. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Our picks of the week are coming up, but first... <laughs> <laughs> you know, there seems to be a resurgence in hospitality. Yes. And we're not just talking about like, you know, in the hotel, mint on pillow. Right. right. When I was looking at this and and, one, and thinking about this and I was like, man, why? I don't really know about a resurgence. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, well, it's because I'm from the South. Yeah. Oh, and that's, the there South, you go. You don't forget hospitality unless you want a little... Talking to from your mom, right? Mm -hmm. And it's usually like, well, bless your heart, you just don't understand. Right, Mm -hmm. right, right, right. But Marissa Ranieri Mm -hmm. in Radiant Magazine, she wants to inspire our generation to reclaim the welcoming, generous warmth of our grandmothers, our mothers, and our aunts, right? Whether it was popsicles for the kids, coffee for your mom, or Thanksgiving meal for an extended family of 30. Or more. Or more, (laughs) right? Um, It was normal in the past yeah. and encouraged to host family and friends in your house. 
yeah. in your home. You ever, do you find it like now we tend to have kind of a this is my castle and stay out mentality? Yeah, you know, I wonder too. Like I lived by myself at one point mm-hmm. and um, now I live with mom and dad. Shout out. But ain't nothing wrong with that. But when I did live by myself, it was kind of like, I, not that I made a mess of my home, mm-hmm. but I lived, lived in, in my home. Mm-hmm. And it was a one-bedroom apartment, so it was a little bit, you know. So even when my parents came, I was like, oh, shoot. And yeah. I'd run around, you know, like, it was like top to bottom, scrubbing clean. Uh, you know, because you're also, I think, afraid of, of being, like, there's, like, appearances you have yeah. to keep mm-hmm. up, you know. Well, perhaps. Like a house, that, like, like, uh, like maybe you clean your house, like, it looks like nobody's ever lived in it. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Why? If yeah. you live in your house. That's true. You and I, I definitely live in my rectory. That's true. All right. So in our age of uh, instant pots, pressure cookers, right? Mm. Uh, we need to take the pressure off what it means to be a host. That's right. Hosting. Yes. To be hospitable. Hosting. Right? We need to accept that we don't all cook like Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> Thank and, goodness, yeah. because that would be yeah. very difficult to right? be in that house. Mm-hmm. Right? And all of our houses and tables. <laughs> You're sitting on the yeah. duvet. <laughs> yeah, sorry. You're fired. <laughs> Get out of my yeah. kitchen. I've never fired right. a guest. No. Yeah. Right? And all of our houses and tablescapes will not look like they just came out of Southern Living Magazine. Right? But they could. They could. I don't know. Maybe you're all into that. Maybe that's what I you're Olivia is. has. I'm sure she. I've no, seen her. I've seen the pictures at Home Goods, so um, that's not a thing. Home Goods <laughs> has some serious, Thank some you. serious good things in there. It does, but anyway. However, this is not a valid reason to miss out on all the good that comes from sharing a meal with family and friends, from sharing mm-hmm. time mm-hmm. with family and friends, people that are important in your life. Right? Opening up our hearts and our homes to hospitality yeah. is a way to grow in virtue. Right? Have you ever thought about that? I, I do like that. Yeah. I haven't thought specifically about it, but I like that thought. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good one. Right? And embrace grace, virtue and grace from hospitality. Hmm. Right? That comes in the ordinary moments of eating dinner among those that you love. It's really kind of very Benedictine, too. Yeah. You know, the notion of the rule of of treating everyone as if they were Christ. Mm -hmm. Right. That's why guest houses existed uh, in many monasteries. You know, when I was in Poland... Mm Uh, no, not I'm sorry, not Poland. Um, whenever I was in Scotland, and we went to Loch Ness. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was a former Benedictine Abbey on Loch Ness. Yeah. And the Abbey now has long gone. I mean, the the, the building is still there, but it's no longer a, a Catholic anything. Mm, Monks yeah. don't live there, but the gatehouse is still there, and that's actually the Catholic parish. That's all mm. that's left. And yet, that rather fairly large building was just the place where people were reached out to you know that's yeah. it was the center of hospitality for this great huge abbey yeah. yeah yeah i think you know of of my parents just moved and and when we moved we had three or four sets of china mm-hmm. and i'm looking at all this china i'm like mom what even is this and she's like oh yeah this is this is you know a gravy boat and this is a that that and a this do and a, <laughs> and a doodad and i'm like what did you like you know I've never seen this in my life. And if I were to, you know, start a China collection now, half this stuff I, I'd never use. What do I do with a vichyssoise yeah. fork? What do we do with that? Yeah. Is it because we don't entertain, like we don't host or entertain really, you know, the way that we used to. But if you want to know how to host, mm-hmm. you want to know how to gather people to your table, all you have to do is look at scripture. Yeah. Right? Because how many times did Jesus teach around a meal, a gathering. Mm-hmm. Now, again, down here in the South, we have no problem <laughs> meeting around any kind of meal, snack, you know, beverages, do, baby. Yeah. sausage plate, whatever, right? But this this is where that comes from, mm-hmm. right? So you could think, 
Like if you're in the time of, of Jesus and you're hanging out with the apostles, like what did it look like? What did the table look like? And, you know, when sometimes you can see the Hummus. movies. Yeah. Mm. You know, you sometimes you can see the movies and they maybe fancy it up or maybe, um, you know, what were they eating? Like, was it like Emeril Lagasse kind of, you know, Hummus. food? Bam. No. Every kind you know of what? Every Who cares? Kind of Who cares what it looked like? Right. Yeah. What matters is what was happening at the table. That's right. Mm-hmm. Right. Why have uh, these stories been preserved for all of human history and scripture? Because on the most natural level, yeah. we require nourishment and community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And so that's where the this is this is centered around. And so really, when you're talking about hospitality, you're not talking about really opening your home up. You're talking about opening your kitchen up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And your home happens to be there. Yeah. Right. How many times? And I mean, I know in the South, this happens all the time. There's not always a fancy place, you know, place setting. Yeah. Sometimes you're just gathered around the the island, mm-hmm. you know, eating cheese sticks out the out the refrigerator, <laughs> sharing your life with somebody. Mm-hmm. I do like a cheese stick. Right? Yeah. Right. And so even when Je- <laughs> you would, <laughs> so even when Jesus came I am to a earth, cheese stick. right, in the humble form of a man. <laughs> Sorry. He gave us the Eucharist right, to sustain us. It all goes back to food mm-hmm. right, and, and being in communion right, and loving through food and loving through giving and hospitality. Right. So who cares what kind of food was being being, you know, served unless it was hummus, which mm-hmm. is very important. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yeah. It's cooking like so. So maybe you're like, I don't know. I'm not a good cook. I can't have people over and I don't have fancy plates. Who cares? Mm-hmm. Order pizza. Put it on paper plates. What's most important is the communion. Yeah. Yep. Right. The point is to strive for a generous heart that welcomes people to human interaction in a warm environment mm-hmm. where as a community, everyone can grow in virtue. Right. That's really it, too. Mm-hmm. Right. Because we are we are not. uh we are not damned or saved alone. We are damned or saved together, yeah. right? And, and that's the thing is whenever we we truly build community, when we say, yeah, come over, yeah. right? Um, I need to do more of that actually, by yeah. the way, right? Mm-hmm. And we say come over, we actually are called to build virtue by hosting, right. but then we call that out of others too, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. The ability to, to build virtue by being a good guest and yeah. being yeah. hospitable back the other way and then yeah. taking that with us. Yeah. And so we live, I mean, you you guys know, we live in a very detached digital world. We do. We don't, we, we can't have like a an online dinner party. That's ridiculous. I'm sure you could try, but it just right? wouldn't be, no. it'd be a little too virtual. Right. But to mm. be in communion is biblical. We yep. were made to be in communion. That's why God yep. created man and woman. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. That's, right. that's, why, was, that's was, why religious orders live in community. That's right. Even though they're not married. Mm-hmm. And that's why the church starts with Surprise! The family, That's a right. natural community, and parish communities, right? Parish families yeah. are, are an extension of that. Yeah, right. So, with all this in mind, if you are if you are um, like me, who I feel like I have my house has to be perfect, the food has to be sublime, right? <laughs> I have to put on my apron and look like I do this all the time, right? Which you do, but I don't. But that's okay. I challenge you. Right. I challenge this generation and the generation below. I don't know if, if they're still part of our generation. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, I just challenge our generation. Now, all you listeners to host a dinner party at your home. Okay. Right. Invite your friends, invite your family, feed your stomach and your soul. And don't worry about what it looks like. Mm-mm. Don't worry about what you're, you know, what you found on Pinterest to <laughs> put in the middle of your, of your table. Worry about opening your heart to the people that you are going to encounter face to face and giving them what's in here 
and not what's in your refrigerator. Or both. Or both. That's right. I like the sound of that. (laughs) Well, stick with us. Uh, On the other side of the break, there's our picks of the week and so much more. We are the Catholic Underground. Hail, Holy Queen, Mother of Mercy, our life, our sweetness, and our hope. To Thee do we cry, poor banished children of Eve. To Thee do we send up our sighs, mourning and weeping in this valley of tears. Turn then, most gracious Advocate, thine eyes of mercy towards us, and after this our exile, show unto us the blessed fruit of Thy womb, Jesus, O clement, O loving, O sweet Virgin Mary. Welcome back. You have found the Catholic Underground with me, Father Chris Decker, joined by Kathleen Lee, Olivia Glino, Ed Ball, Jeff Blackwell, you know, the gang up in space. Our picks of the week are coming up, but first, it's easy to lose stuff. Yes. Story of my life. <laughs> and we forget where we put it. We don't put it in the right place. Usually it's about 10 minutes before I have to be vesting for mass and can't find mm. my car keys. Um, don't pay attention. Suddenly it's not there anymore. Mm-hmm. We know in our Catholic tradition that uh, the intercession of the saints is real because they are more because alive are, and their yeah. vision is better than ours. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's usually, it's usually the, the saints that we, that we dig into. But it goes deeper than just finding our keys, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And I think that there's something um, beautiful about the fact that there's like the, an ordinary sense to loss, like losing your keys. Yesterday, I couldn't find my duster and I really wanted to dust my blinds. And then I found it after I finished dusting them with something else. Like there's the, like, an ordinary experience of, why are you laughing? I'm not. <laughs> Kathleen, have you had this problem before? <laughs> really when I dust my blinds, when I can't okay. find my duster, I go, well, <laughs> divine, divine providence. Yes, yes I won't. Be, where are those Whoa. chocolates? The Lord has spoken. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, but I digress. Continue. I question okay. your okay. discernment. <laughs> anyway, so there's like an ordinary level to loss. Mm-hmm. Then there's this deeper level, this more spiritual level, and that's not an accident because we are hylomorphic beings. We are mm-hmm. body and soul. Mm-hmm. So there's always a deeper, deeper level, a deeper meaning. Um, and if you need, you know, affirmation of that, just look at the scriptures, you know, the widow, um, who, who tears up her house looking for the lost coin, mm-hmm. you know, she misplaces something that's a mistake. Um, and the Bible uses that, or Jesus uses that in the Bible as, as a way to, to exemplify that there's the, even in that small thing, you know, losing one coin, uh, even in that small thing, there's, there's a bigger spiritual reality at play. Um, but yeah. in our tradition, St. Anthony has become like the finder of lost things. He's like, I don't remember what movie it was, but I remember this movie from childhood where like anything that was lost ended up at this person's house. Do y'all remember it? It might've been like a Disney channel thing. Was it eerie Indiana? Or maybe I, maybe I'm making this up. I don't Throw know. back. Yeah. But you're, there was. You're this, welcome everyone. I don't know. There was like this, this movie uh, anywhere person. where like some, every, anytime someone lost something, it went to like this alternate, like timeline and it was this part never mind anyway so we Jeff, don't lose- is that your house 
Is all lost stuff at your house? Like, Absolutely. Ah, like okay. on your lawn? Because like whenever we say, I, yep. I, you know, I wonder if we have uh, an X, Y, mm-hmm. or Z. Uh-huh. Jeff goes, oh, well, it's, I have one. it's either at my house or I have it in storage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Jeff Blackwell is world of stuff. Mm-hmm. I like, I can, You're yes. Indiana. I appreciate that. <laughs> Sorry, keep going. Um, Please. And so I, I don't know. I kind of grew up with this image of St. Anthony being like, he, like he's the one who will find all your stuff. He'll Halloween open. Town, too. Thank you. Yes. Who was it? Taylor in the chat room. Oh, good job, Taylor. It was. Okay. I don't feel so crazy anymore. Um, But yeah, so we kind of have this like idea in our minds, maybe, or maybe it's just me, where it's like St. Anthony is like the person who lives at that house and he like sorts through all his stuff and he's like, I found it. But really like, you know, stuff isn't the only thing that we can lose. We can lose a lot of things. Um, We can lose friends and a lot of us have had that experience. We can lose interest in something that maybe we were passionate about before. We can lose our way. We can lose our minds. We can lose ourselves. Mm-hmm. We lose grace. That happens when yep. we sin. We lose hope. Yeah. We lose faith. We lose charity. Um, you know, these are all all things that that have a, a sense of loss to them. Um, and, and we hear that. A, I I hear that a lot. Well, yeah. Father, I've lost my faith. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. And that's that's yeah. something that I I always. I always find interesting, especially like colloquially, even even when people say it in the alternate mm-hmm. or the the opposite way, like this person is strong in their faith, this yeah. person has a strong faith or whatever. Um, but then there's that opposite thing of like, well, this person has, seems to have lost their faith or they feel mm-hmm. like they've weakened in their faith. So like we have this idea of what faith is um, and, and in terms of like gains and losses, yeah. which is interesting. Yeah. Um, and sometimes in, the, in a sense of total loss. Um, and I think there's something really poignant about that because, I mean, we think of like total loss. What do we what, like? What do you think of? I think of a crash car. Mm. Sure. Okay. Yeah. The total loss. I was going for death, but sure. Oh, sorry. Oh, death. But yeah. I mean, oh, and we mean, know, like, yeah, total, we know that, like, total. that Got death lost, is not yeah. like a total loss. But that's like in our mind, like the biggest loss that can happen mm-hmm. is death. Yeah. Right. Sure. Right? When you lose someone, right? We even say right. that, right? We, we, lo- I, I've we lost, lost them. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. And and yeah. it's always an interesting. Um, I don't know. I, I kind of love that, like poetry of our language that we say that even when you know someone has died, that we say like, "Well, we lost, mm-hmm. you know, my grandfather. We lost yeah. this person." Um, and mm. and really, like the the deeper reality I want to talk about when it comes to that is that we do have this spiritual sense of loss, but it might not be what you think of, um, because when it, when the medievals and and the ancients were trying to understand um, certain things, they talked about it in terms of loss. And what I'm talking about is evil. Mm-hmm. And sin, yeah. um, you know, classically speaking, evil is is categorized as a loss, as a privation, yeah. as the lack of something that's supposed to be there. Yeah, a, a no thing. Yeah, a no thing. And yeah. and actually, like one of the first um, philosophers ever, um, he wrote about being and non-being. Um, so I think it's Parmenides. Um, he wrote this like short little scrap that we have um, of like one of the first philosophical treaties. And he wrote about that. He wrote about being versus non-being. And it's very like like of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's interesting that even then, you know, there's people who are trying to struggle with like the sense of loss. People who are trying to struggle or or rationally uh, even wrestle in the with. World. Yeah, like this is something that is part of our human experience. And so we're constantly being plagued with understanding it. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially nowadays, I mean, we live in a very hyper-connected world, which means that anything that bad that happens in the world, we know about it instantly. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have, you know, just evidence upon evidence. We have, you know, thousands of gigabytes of storage now on the world servers of just horrific things that happen around the globe. And it's very easy with that 
you know, constantly in our face to get too focused on the experience of evil um, to the point where it becomes a thing in our mind, to, pull, to the point where it becomes something that almost has substance, like mm-hmm. evil is something that we're battling with. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially, you know, in America, like with the, you know, all of the mass shootings that happen, um, we can have like the, and, it, and it's almost like it happens on rhythmically, like yeah. like every, you know, few weeks or days, we seem to see hear about another like shooting incident and they're all terrible, but it, it, it's like this this rhythm of, of evil, this rhythm of sin and mm. we, and it keeps our pulse like on that, that thread of, of uh, like yeah. the evil that's happening in the world. And it all that means is that like we're constantly being pulled into this, this thought that that evil is something that evil is something that um that has power that evil is something that has has a hold mm-hmm. um but it, that first presumes that it is a thing um but like i was saying and yet it is a lack of it is fundamentally goodness, a lack, a lack yeah. of something yeah and that's where um aquinas really i mean people you'll, you might hear this people when they talk about the problem of evil um which is a, a big philosophical set question, people will bring up Aquinas and his definition of evil, which is that it's a privation of good. Mm-hmm. Um, a privation just meaning a deficiency or a lack. Um, and, and that's precisely, precisely the point, um, that when we talk about evil, we should think of like an emptying. Mm-hmm. Um, just like when we think about sin, you know, so sin is, is kind of um, classically defined as like an offense against God. Okay, well, who is God? God is love. Right. So sin is an offense against charity. You'll also hear that. Um, so when we say when we sin, we basically empty a situation of love yeah. where there should be love. We've taken it out of the equation. And it's the same with evil where there should be good. We've emptied it of that good. Mm-hmm. And so now we have this sense of absence, the sense of loss. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why it's, it's, we have a very visceral reaction, a very real reaction to things that are evil because we have that inner recognition that something that is good should be here, but it's not. Yeah. Someone has strayed and has emptied the situation of the good that should have been there. And we all feel that because mm-hmm. we're, we're, we are all created good and we are created for good. So when those evil things happen, that's why you, you see like people around the world rise up and say like, this is wrong. Mm-hmm. We're, we're saddened by this. This is terrible. And it's because we have that inner recognition of what's supposed to be, of what's good. And that's, that's a really important distinction to make uh, whenever we we notice the we we do notice the loss of good right right and and that that strikes to the fact that we are created good mm-hmm. there there's no person on earth no person on earth that that is created evil yes right, right? We, we we know that even even the one who who inaugurated evil in our in our lived experience uh, um, satan lucifer mm-hmm was created good. The light bearer. He was the light bearer. Mm-hmm. But but it was his own pride that twisted and distorted um, himself. Right. And and so that that is the origin of, of the lack of good is choosing to be emptied of it. Right. Right. And right. that's essentially whenever we talk when we do see some sort of a, a tragedy uh, that, that takes place to, to say that that well that that situation was evil or we even see like that person was just pure evil right yeah. well it, it really isn't that it's mm-hmm. that that person experienced that a complete or near complete lack of good right 
Right. And, and it's important to say near complete too. This is something that Aquinas um, adds like a nuance to that even evil doesn't completely you know, destroy good right? No, because, because evil doesn't have, have that power. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. evil doesn't have that power. Um, and if it did, then we would like go into this state of non-being and mm-hmm. we like, anytime we sinned, we would just go into this state of non-being. We'd like cease to exist, but well, evil doesn't have that kind of power over good yeah. because, because ultimately because we're created fundamentally good, mm-hmm. we don't cease to be even when we experience or whenever we do something where that is completely devoid of goodness. Right. Because at the very, very least bit, we are we are held up in being by God who loves us, right, and always wants to give us the chance to come on back. Exactly. Yeah. Um, this and is I, heady stuff, by yeah. the way. So if you're still sticking with us, mm-hmm. good right. on you. We talked about Parmenides. I've always wanted to do that. I know, on the show. I'm really, like in context too. Thank you. Yeah, it's not just as one so of my we're crazy talking, sides. Yeah, we're not talk, talking just about like evils that we experience, but yeah. also the notion of loss of faith and things right. like that too. Right. 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 And um, and it, it's uh, you know similar um similar use of language, you know, we realize that there's something that should be there, mm-hmm. faith, this, this state of, of belief, um, and, and practice of faith. We realize that there's something that should be there. Um, but it's not for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I think that goes back to, you know, God is love. God is also order. We yeah. see that in yeah. Genesis that God comes into a situation of chaos and he brings order. Isn't that interesting? And when people talk to me about, I hope I'm not throwing you off here. When people talk to me about father, I think I've lost my faith. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, it's because in their lives, they are in a state of disarray. Right. You know, maybe something traumatic has happened, or maybe they've experienced a a, a complete, a near complete lack of good, huh? Mm -hmm. Something happened to them, or they're kind of the subject in which something is happening. And and they say, I've lost my faith. Yeah. It's because things around them are disordered, and so there's a connection with, well, then there must be nothing here. Right. Right. I'm a, I mean, this is a very trite example, but I think about something that they used to tell us in high school because Kathleen and I went to a high school where they had um, we had computers as part of our mm-hmm. education. And I remember them saying we didn't that, have computers, but I just I remember I always remember this. And I, I'll tell this to people that if you're stressed, your computer will break because that was always yeah. right. Like that always happened. Uh, like if yes. you were stressed about tests or exams or papers, whatever, your computer was going to die and it yeah. was going to be catastrophic. So back up your stuff. That's yeah. what they always yeah, used to yeah. tell us. Yeah. And I still remember. I think that's like like a, a kind of a metaphor for just life. Like if you are stressed, then the things that are most important, seemingly the things that are most important, more important than a computer will start to de- deteriorate. Even if those aren't like the things that are being stressed or right. pulled in your life. Hmm. Well, you, and you notice it so much more. I mean, like, you know, these things could happen in a, on a normal day, but if you're stressed or you're going through a time in your life where, you know, where some major events are happening mm-hmm. that are not good, mm-hmm. then everything is bad. Everything yeah. is yeah. failing. Everything is falling apart, you know? And so, yeah, so your computer dies at that moment when you're just like, this couldn't have happened. This needs, yeah. this what yeah. is going on with my and life. Is it yeah. interesting that, that we as human beings, uh, because we live in a, a fallen world and we are, we are inclined, we're kind of magnetically pulled towards mm-hmm. that privation just mm-hmm. because of the fallen nature, right, uh, that, that, that we have to experience. And yet, because we're drawn there, doesn't mean that that's where we should go. Right. right. And, and yet we're called, and this is where the kind of the call comes clearly to us in, in our faith, is that we're called actually to try to cling to what doesn't seem natural in yeah. a time of privation. Yeah. 
And that's that would be our faith life. Yeah. Well, and because faith is something that's supernatural. Yeah. You know, faith is one of the theological virtues that's given to us. Mm. But it's also, you know, given to us with that kind of responsibility that you're talking about, like that to cling, to mm. to stay adhered to. You know, because if faith is a theological virtue, it's something that's given to us through grace at baptism, but it's also given to us to hold on to it, to nurture it, right. and to realize when we have maybe lost some of it because of sin or whatever. And I, I think about something that Father Miles said, um, to some confirmation candidates last Father week. Father Miles Walsh is a priest of our diocese. He's, yes, he's my priest. Yep. Sorry, you know Father Miles. Right. Um, but he was talking about like the grace uh, uh, that the Holy Spirit um, that, that's given to us in in baptism and that's strengthened through confirmation. And he's talking about how it's it's a you know the the image of the dove is a very apt metaphor for um, for the Holy Spirit because the dove you know likes to sit in its nest and even if you come near it um, it's not really going to move it's going to sit on its eggs it's going to stay in its nest mm. so in order to get the dove to move sometimes you have to like shake the nest <laughs> and get and that's what sin is you know that's what what grave sin is is shaking the nest mm-hmm. because the Holy Spirit doesn't want to leave you mm. the Holy Spirit wants to cling to you. And the Holy Spirit wants to live in you and animate you. Oh. But it's the it's when I know I, my mind was just like when he said that. And it's, it's the adorote devote, that, yeah. that great Latin hymn. Huh? Mm-hmm. Um, be live more fully in our hearts. Be our constant guest. The, and that's the yes. hospitality we were talking yeah. about earlier. The Holy Spirit doesn't like want to leave. Okay. All right. Keep going. Keep going. Just no, 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 no. My brain explode. No, it explode. It's so true. It's so true. Um, because once we've been given that, that grace of the Holy Spirit in baptism and the Holy Spirit who gives us that gift of faith, there are things that we can do um, because we have free will and we are given that agency by God. Things that we can do either to cultivate that, to make a nice nest and, and to, to make it comfortable for the Holy Spirit. I don't know. Take the yeah, metaphor. We're trying to create a place of hospitality yeah. for the Spirit to dwell. Right? Yeah. Um, or we can make it an uncomfortable place for the Holy Spirit. We can we can shake the nest, if you will, and mm. lose that faith. Um, mm. And I think that you know there there's is, is a sense of agency in the word lose. Like there are things that we can do to lose it. It's not like it's something that's taken from us. Mm. Because remember, the Holy Spirit wants to stay with you. Yeah. Well, I used to go to church. Right. I I used to do all that Catholic stuff. Right. But I don't do it anymore. Right. Yeah. Because I've lost my faith. Well, it's not exactly that order, right? right. Uh-huh. Whenever we feel our faith shaken, our nest shaken, maybe mm-hmm. maybe it's because of choices we've made. Maybe it's because of things that have happened, yeah. and we've experienced that deep sadness or sense of loss. Mm-hmm. Um, but the answer is not to run from right. the right. Holy Spirit, to run from the church, to run from those sources of life. Right, and that's exactly what you know. Think about the church as like a giant nest, like. It's something that looks chaotic maybe at times, but it's very ordered. Mm-hmm. And the things that, that the church has given us through liturgy, through the sacraments, just through the presence of, of her ministers mm-hmm. are, are all things that are given to us to to sustain us in those moments where we feel like maybe belief is wavering. Or As maybe visible they, signs and experiences to cling to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And maybe like maybe you're just going, like Kathleen was saying, like you're just going through a rough time and it's kind of coloring everything in your life. The church, remember, God, is, is created by the God of order. Mm-hmm. And so there, it, that's why we have an ordered process to things that we do. That's why the liturgy is structured. Um, that's why we have things that we can always depend on, like the Eucharist, mm-hmm. um, like 
confession. Um, so, you know, faith is, is found, you know, and St. Anthony says this, that faith involves utterance, words, and action. So when it comes to our words, you know, words of confession, admitting our sins, words of profession that remind us what we believe, you know, there's a reason that we say that every Sunday because we need to hear it. We need to know what we believe. Yeah, God knows and to it check already. ourselves. Yeah, like God knows who yeah. he is, but we need it. We need to check ourselves. It's just like we need to go to mass and we need to, to practice those devotions, not because God needs it, but because we're weak and we need it. We yeah. need Jesus. And when we reach out seeking a life of faith, uh, that's the grace that we dispose ourselves to. Exactly, whenever, yeah. whenever we pray, right? Whenever mm-hmm. we're praying the rosary, whenever we are doing these these things that we call prayer, uh, it's disposing ourselves and opening ourselves up, saying that the, I'm readying the nest, Lord. That's why right. the rosary or roses, their roses yeah. offered to Our Lady, yeah. so that she can go on our behalf and and yeah. bring and ask the Lord to give us what we need in those yeah. moments. Yeah. Something that just recently that I heard from um, a guy that I was doing a retreat with. He spoke about Mary and about times in our life when we, you know, when we do lose our faith or Mm -hmm. we're having a rough patch or whatever. He talked about the apostles and he said, I may have shared this already, but it's all right. I'll share it again because it's that awesome. He shared that all the apostles on the day that Jesus died ran away. Yeah. And only one ran to Mary. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what did she do? She brought John back to the cross. Mm-hmm. Oh. So in his fear, oh. in his running away, he ran to Mary. And Mary, as a mother, led him back to the cross. Yeah, the answer mm-hmm. is here. Yeah. yeah. And so, I mean, and that's only been a few months, but there have been times where I'm like, I'm running away. And, yeah. and I'm like, yeah. okay, but run to Mary. <laughs> because that's our natural, and that's yeah. like the natural human reaction. Right. is like something bad's happening. Other way, other way, other yeah, way. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But... Oftentimes, you know, we we're, we're drawn to the light. We're drawn to to the like the light of the Holy Spirit, the light of life, the light of reason. But a lot of times, we're drawn to that light, and it's fire. Mm. And fire is cleansing, and fire burns. But it's it, it's good. It, it's something that is fundamentally good for us. But it doesn't mean that there's not going to be suffering. Yeah, right? exactly. You know, so when it comes to you know, maybe you're in a in a state in your life right now where um where you're feeling like your 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 faith is slipping, or you maybe you feel like you've lost your faith, and you found us, and praise God for that. Amen. First of all, know that we're praying for you. But second of all, cling to what the church gives us. Um, Because like a good mother, she gives us everything everything that we need to to hold on to that gift of faith so go to confession at talk to a priest use your your words to articulate what you're experiencing what you have experienced and know that god the father is there listening and receiving all of that mm-hmm. and then follow that up with your actions you know look at look at the way that that you're living look at the choices that you're you're making the things that, that you give to your that you give your time to you know everything that you do is important because you're giving a day of your life for it so look at look at those things and and, and check yourself you know, is this something that gives life? Is this something that leads me closer to to Jesus? Is this something that that makes a, a home for the Holy Spirit in me? Um, and when we do that, the, the more we do it, the more we dispose ourselves to it. And and that's where that's where God is found. That's where holiness is found. Is in those details. Is in those ordinary moments of saying yes when maybe we don't feel like it, or when maybe we would rather make another choice. Those little moments. That's our responsibility. The big ones. That's for God. But those little moments are where we we can can help to make ourselves saints. That's right. Um, um, to, to conclude the segment, I, I got to hear the confessions of our confirmation candidates. And let me tell you, um, some of the, the most beautiful confessions come from our young people mm-hmm. who, are, who are desperately trying to cling to all the things that, is, that are good yeah. in a world that offers them privations and calls the bad good. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, and thanks be to God for for the sacraments of the church. Um, yeah. I know as a person who has to go to confession, right? That I'm so I'm so glad whenever whenever the faith brings order from a disordered soul, mm-hmm. and uh, and that's that's exactly what the sacraments are. So, all right. Well, we'll just take a moment to pause and uh, deep breath in. And deep breath out, yeah. And now that part of the show that we like to call the CU, the CU pick of the week. All righty, yeah. Uh, for our first CU pick of the week, let's. Uh, you know what? I'm going to go to Jeff Blackwell. <gasps> oh, Jeff, today is your day. Yeah. Oh, this is the first. Uh, I know. Hi- history making moment here <laughs> on <laughs> the CU. Yeah. Okay, yeah. well. Yeah. What you got? I, I have uh, a device that I, I've never heard of this brand name, and it doesn't really matter, but uh, it does what I need it to do. Good. Uh, Kinevo <laughs> is the uh, the name of this uh, device. It's a three in. Well, here's the deal. Yeah. Okay, I, I I got a. Uh, Tell us the deal. A 4K TV at Christmas. Nice. Yes. Wow. And it only had two HDMI inputs on it. Which it's I got all four Ks, but only two HDMI. Yeah. Lame. So, um, so I, I had this third device I wanted to hook up. You know, blue, yeah. Blu-ray CD player yep. or DVD player. And um, and it's like, how do I do this? So I got started searching around. And for twenty nine bucks, this is a four K HDMI switch. It's a smart switch. So. Like if you turn something on, it, it automatically knows. yeah, it automatically uh, will switch to that go. input. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it's um, it, it's three different kind of inputs for twenty nine dollars, and it's you know high quality four K HDMI, and I'll give you a report on it. It's on the way. So uh, very cool, yeah. yeah. I, and and four K things are finally coming down in price. Mm-hmm. They they really are from the television to all the accoutrements that work with yeah. it. So. That's true. Yeah. Accoutrement. Accoutrements. Accoutrements. Uh, speaking of accoutrements, uh, <laughs> Kathleen, what you got? Okay, a couple months ago, I went to see my favorite band ever, Need to Breathe. Come I was on. in the pit, All people. together, no spaces. Woo! Woo! Need to Breathe, all together, no spaces. And so, of course, they had an opening band, and I was like, okay, hurry up, let's hurry up. And usually opening bands are like... Usually I'm like... You shake a stick at them, and then they're gone. Right, let's move along. Yeah. This was the opening opening band mm. called... Rocket Boys, the Rocket Altogether, Boys. Altogether, no spaces. Rocket Boys. Actually, just two words, but oh. the Rocket Boys, all one word. Oh. Uh, and they were pretty awesome. the The lead singer reminds me of Ben Folds. Okay. Mm-hmm. Of Ben Folds Five. But um, just the one. Fame, but just the one. Four Ks, um, two mm-hmm. HDMI's, yeah. one fold. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And there was another band um, called Johnny Swim that opened up, and mm-hmm. all these bands all are together. super. <laughs> yeah, they were all together too. Uh, one word. <laughs> all these bands are awesome because they're like rock bands. But they've got like they've got some Christian stuff up in some there. Some depth. I'm like, oh, I hear you. So Rocket Boys, <laughs> they're a band, they're indie rock band out of Austin, Texas. Oh, of course. Mm-hmm. They're super cool looking. I want to be just like them, and uh, I I would check out their. They have a lot of CDs, but I would check out certain circles. Mm. Those are two spaces. Two circles. two words. <laughs> two certain words. circles. Yeah. The Rocket Boys. Okay. Check them out. They're awesome. All right, nice. Olivia. Okay, so my pick of the week is um, something that I was. Like I felt like I had to grab before I left the house. Um, something I've been reading is uh, in we the school of the Holy the Spirit. Yeah, in well, the school of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Well, I didn't know that this was going to be my pick of the week. I just grabbed it because I was like, I feel like I need to bring this, and oh. then it ended up being so relevant. So, in the school of the Holy Spirit by Father Jacques Philippe. You've probably heard of him because he's a really I don't know, erudite spiritual writer priest. He's, he's got still a lot alive. Of small little books. Yeah. This is you know I don't even know how many pages. Less mm-hmm. than a hundred. Um, and he's got a lot of small like tracks like this but this one's on the Holy Spirit um, and already I'm about you know 30 40 pages in and it's pretty uh, challenging but in a great way um, like 
you know, God calls us to perfection, but he is not a perfectionist. So like, mm. how, what is the life of holiness and how are we, how are we living that out? Um, and I love that he, he comes at it from all directions. So if you're someone who struggles with holiness, if you're someone who maybe is like over occupied with holiness yeah. and or is afraid like? that you're never, yeah. yeah, if you're afraid that you're never going to be able to be holy, um, this is a fantastic book. Um, great spiritual reading, which is another way to advance towards our sanctity is spiritual reading. We know this from the saints. Heavily I annotated do, it. I yeah, that's what I do. I destroy my books, but it's that's good. okay. And that would give you means that no one will ever want to borrow them. <laughs> my, my pick of the week, uh, of course, my picks of the week before have been. Uh, the Life and Times of Scrooge McDuck. Oh, these these were the comic books that got me hooked on reading comic books. Uh, Carl really? Barks, who was the Disney duck artist uh, mm. from the 1950s, who mm. invented Scrooge McDuck, right? Mm. And then his uh, his very much understudy Don Rosa, who is a uh, who is an artist that lives in Kentucky in the middle of nowhere, and uh, he wrote a 12 part series, The Life and Times of Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> And also the uh, the companion, which are some other stories. <laughs> wow. But so yeah. so these volumes inspired uh, Thomas Holopainen to write a uh, a twelve track soundtrack to this comic book wow. called The Life wow. and Times of Scrooge. Music inspired by The Life and Times of Scrooge. Now, mm. he is a member of a band or the head of a band called Nightwish. I haven't listened to any of their other stuff yet, so I cannot speak to that. Mm-hmm. It's got a name that sounds a little you know, mm-hmm. so I don't know yet, but. But uh, this CD is awesome because while you're reading it, it takes you through musically. It takes you through all the different places cool. that Scrooge goes from from being a little boy and making his first time all the way up into the 1950s, which is present day in the comic wow. book. So, That's so the so life you. and times of Scrooge, the soundtrack to accompany. The graphic novels. Wow. Now. And that's okay. something that com- you would do. Yeah, I did. I and to accompany it. the companion accompaniment of yeah. the Accoutrement. Yeah. Yeah. Does it have on there ducktails? Duck No, no, these are not ducktails. Oh. These are not ponytails nor cottontails nor ducktails. Woo. Um so <laughs> and, yeah. yes. let me just be clear about that. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> on worldwide radio. Yeah, I love there it. it. But one of the things that uh, we do also, I guess, want to be clear about, Jeff, is is our benefactor. So many of you over the this past year have been helpful to us, have supported us in prayer but also in finance. And so uh, I personally, Father Chris, that's me. I want to thank you for that. Uh, We also want to let Jeff thank you. Yeah, this week and every week, Catholic Underground is possible because of people just like you. Join the growing number of undergrounders at catholicunderground.com slash donate. And if you'd like to show notes for this episode or you want to subscribe to our podcast audio, go to catholicunderground.com. That is right. Those are all the different ways you can subscribe. We also have another show that uh, Father Ryan Humphreys is doing called mm-hmm. The Catholic Daily Journal. Yeah. And you can get that on Facebook and all the other places. But if you want to subscribe to the podcast audio, you can go to catholicunderground.com and find that right there and subscribe to it as well. Our panelists this week have been Kathleen Lee, the benefactress. She's the faith ninja, our hope samurai. Oh, yes. At Kaylee. 626 on Instagram. Yes, indeed. Hit me up. And also, Olivia Galino, uh, I realize on your lower third on video, I've got your wrong handle, but you are at the.real.omg on all those things. Yeah. (laughs) Our technical director is easier to understand. Jeff Blackwell, jeffblackwell.us, and at jeffblackwellis on Instagram and Twitter. It's a privilege. Got that right. Thank you, Jeff, very much. Uh, Our research assistant, the leader of the crew in the lab, is Jim Hayes. Our video and graphics director is Ed Ball. And you know me. I am Father Chris Decker. You can follow me on Instagram, on digital, uh, on uh, Twitter at Digital Catholic. That's my handle. You're welcome. Um, (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> and yeah, I, I don't post often, but when I post, I try to post things that are meaningful. And it's really you know? good. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. try. Yeah, and also some of my art is on there too, so I, I draw mm. uh, exactly. So. All that to say this, we hope that we've helped you cut through the noise and find that still small voice. We are the Catholic Underground, we're Faith Gone Digital, and we shall see you next time.